John, this, <laughs> this is felt like it's a long time coming. A lot of fits and starts, but it does appear, knock on wood, that the Deshaun Watson saga from a disciplinary standpoint is finally over. What's your reaction to 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine for Deshaun Watson? First of all, Sean, this story was broken by a 23-year-old guy in Boston, a fan who got a copy of the document. He has 16 followers. He broke it. Anybody else that claims they broke it are lying, and a lot are. And to Mike Florio's credit, Josina Anderson's credit, they gave this guy credit. Now, the NFL and the NFLPA, they're going to be investigating how did this document get to this guy. I don't even know his name. Yeah, his name. I got it right here, John. I got the tweet right here. His name is Joseph Pisteris is his name. Um, he's, as you mentioned, a 23-year-old whose who's Twitter bio says he is an independent Patriots and NFL reporter releasing news and updates from the best available sources. He had 16 followers when he dropped this document earlier today. He's up to 280 followers as of our recording of this podcast. And Congratulations to him because yeah. he got it. It's amazing to me how many people are stealing it, trying to take credit for it. And kudos to Mike Florio and Josina Anderson and anybody else that gave credit to where credit is due. And the thing that gets me is he gets to come back to practice after the 10th game, which will give him two weeks to prepare for the Texans. And I think, Sean, if they're going to play him, this is the ideal time for the Texans to do it because you would think he'd have some rust based on how much time he will have been. I think Landry Locker counted up 598 days between time that he would have played that last game no, for I, the Texans. I counted, John, I actually counted before I did my post on this for the Houston Press, 703 days. 703 days. Okay, yep. well, Landry's off. And, uh, in fact, let me, hey, Figgy, cut that out. Let me uh, let me start that part over. Okay. Johnny can come back after the 10th game, and he has two weeks to prepare for the Texans, and I think that's the ideal time. I know you figured this. How many days will it have been between appearances? Uh, January 3rd, 2021 was the last time he played in an NFL football game, so he will be coming up on almost two years uh, 703 days by, by my count in between, uh, in between football games for Deshaun Watson. I'd be curious. Browns fans are everywhere. And when they play here, they have a large contingent of fans, but you can imagine what those Brown fans would be willing to pay to get their hands on tickets. So I'll be interested to see when that happens, if it's a predominant Texans crowd, which the Texans would hope, because Watson's going to get booed like crazy. And there'll probably be women's groups picketing outside NRG Stadium. And then you wonder if he'll be subjected to the kind of obscene chant that he was subjected to at Jacksonville when he was close to the end zone. And they started that chant. Watson's never had any negative publicity. He's been a great player. People loved him. He's got nothing but praise all through high school, college, the NFL. So he's never dealt with anything like this when it comes to football. It'll be interesting to watch, Sean, how he can compartmentalize his reputation being tarnished forever, 
getting booed everywhere he goes, getting obscene chance if he can put it out of his mind and become the great quarterback he was with the Texans and a great quarterback the Browns, of course, believe he can be or they wouldn't have given him $230 million guaranteed. Yeah, John, there, there's so much to unpack from this Deshaun Watson news. Again, 11 games, $5 million fine. Uh, he's got to undergo a professional behavioral evaluation so that they can put a treatment plan together for him, which uh, before we get into the what this means for the Browns in 2022, because what it means for the Browns, it does mean something for the Texans because the Texans have the Browns first round pick. I want to get into that. Um, I want to get into what December 4th is going to look like with Deshaun Watson coming here to NRG Stadium. Almost feels intentional that they gave him an 11-game suspension and not a 12-game suspension. I want to get into that. But Deshaun met with the media shortly after this suspension was announced. He put out a statement, and the Haslam's put out a statement. And, John, I think we were all questioning the sincerity of Deshaun Watson's apology. You and I on this podcast, I brought up the apology last week. I didn't even get to the end of my sentence, and you were already rolling your eyes at his apology. Rightfully so, I think, at the time, and I think even more rightfully so, after Deshaun Watson in his press conference this afternoon continued to maintain his innocence in all this. So basically, 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 I guess Deshaun Watson apologized late last week for being innocent of all these accusations. Like Like, what is going on? I'm stunned that the Browns let him talk about this, but they do, and he keeps putting his foot in his mouth. Sue Robinson called him predatory. Goodell called him predatory, egregious. She said that he uh, violated the personal conduct policy on all three accounts that the NFL had accused him of. And today he said, I've always stood on my innocence and always said I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone. I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence. And then as why he settled, he said, because when you settle, it doesn't mean you're guilty. So he's still claiming he's innocent and everything Sue Robinson found and everything Goodell found, he says is not true. And I would imagine we will hear from Tony Busby and probably Ashley Solis about this, but Boy, that just shows you how fake that apology was to Didi Kinkabala last week. Yeah. I mean, John, this is this is Deshaun Watson's M.O. this whole time. He doesn't do things that everybody says he should do until he's absolutely painted into a corner and faced with some degree of football mortality. You know, everybody said a year and a half ago he should be settling these lawsuits so he can move on. And he tries to maintain his innocence and reclaim his good name which he's never, ever, ever going to do ever again. That's a futile effort. Um, he finally ends up settling over a year later. You know, he, 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 uh, the league tries to engage him in settlement talks, and he, those break off. And until it looks like he's going to get suspended for a year, he's like, oh, no, I want to settle. And, they, and lucky for him, the league probably just didn't want to go to court over this whole thing, so they settle on 11 games. I mean, even the apology and the counseling and all the things he says, I don't have a problem. I don't need counseling. I have no regrets. I have no remorse. And then when he's faced with a punishment that he doesn't like, he apologizes and goes to counseling. I, I, he's, he's among the most insincere, uh, lacking in self-aware athletes that I can remember in recent history that I've covered. 
and the Haslam's look like idiots for saying he's remorseful when yeah. obviously the only thing he's remorseful about is it became public and they filed civil suits yeah. and uh, he had to spend a lot of money to settle them. I thought it was going to be a settlement of 12 and 10 million. What'd you think about 11 and 5 million? I thought I was same as you. I thought 12, 12 games, 10 million. Um, because I thought 12, you could, you could apply logic to 12 games. Sue Robinson said that the most, the most, uh, the, the stiffest punishment she'd seen for a nonviolent sexual offense was three games to an individual. I thought you could have taken that, applied it to the four cases that were presented to her, and you just go three games times four cases equals 12. I think 10 million made a lot of sense because Deshaun made 10 million last year to do nothing but sit around uh, at, uh, at NRG Stadium, um, you know, show up at the building every now and again. So I thought 10 million made sense. So I'm a little, di- I'm disappointed, just not disappointed, but I guess I'm, I'm wondering what the logic was in arriving at, at 11 games and 5 million bucks. Because I thought 12 and 10 both made sense. Now, that said, John, I'm ecstatic that he's coming here to NRG Stadium for that game in week 13. That's juicy. That's fun. People in our business should be excited about that. And I'm with you. I think I think there's a chance he could come in there very, very rusty. I, it, it's interesting because you can look at it one of two ways. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's only 11 games. Um, if it is, then great. But let's pretend for a second like it's that, that it was requested by one side or the other. It'd be 11 games. I could see both sides. I could see where Deshaun would be like, look, I really want to play in that game in Houston. Conversely, I could see where the league is like, you know how we're going to punish him even more? He's got to go back to where he abandoned the stadium and the team he abandoned, face the music, face all those questions all week long. And oh, by the way, play football competitively for the first time in 700 plus days. We saw how he looked, John, in that first preseason game, having not played in a long time. It was ugly looking last Friday. So I think all of a sudden that becomes one of the more fascinating games. I want to, John, I want them to, this is the, I want them to set precedent now and, and, and new precedent and flex this game into prime time before the season even starts. Shuffle the deck, John. Shuffle the schedule around. Put it in prime time right now. It's the only Texans game that has any sizzle to it like this for the entire season. I don't think there's any way they do that because then they're trying to take advantage of yeah. something that was unprecedented in the history of sports at any level, and it was Damn. all bad. Yeah, uh, There's just no way they're going to capitalize on that. And you're exactly right about them punishing him and making him play here in that first game and be subjected to the abuse. They'll never admit it. And also, Sean, you brought up about court. The reason Roger Goodell got off his – his year suspension and 10 million fine is the union was going to go to federal court. Eventually it would be kicked back because the CBA is binding. This happened to Ezekiel Elliott and it happened with uh, Tom Brady, but it took a long time and they wanted it to go away. Everybody wanted it to go away. And uh, Watson after, after preseason, he'll have to go back, go away and he'll go to Atlanta and work out with his good buddy and his, quarterback guru, Quincy Avery, and uh, try to, as they work up to his return, simulate as much as possible game conditions when you can work out privately. But you know he'll be in great shape when the time comes. And that would be a great time for Davis Mills and the Texans to shock the world. Yes, that is the shocking of the world we need, a Week 13 win over the Browns. All right, John, so that that's the – the the 
suspension and how it pertains to December the 4th. It's good news for Texans season ticket holders, especially ones that are looking to flip their tickets. Not many games on this schedule this year for the Texans where you can recoup some of your expense if that's what you're inclined to do with your season tickets. I'd be more inclined to be in the stadium that day. I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere for for a team that might be at that time if you know if the Texans are are if the Texans are 4 and 8 at that time, then they're right around the season win total that Vegas thinks they're going to have. John, as far as the Browns go, and I know you've had a chance to look at their schedule, those first 11 games are very, very interesting. Um, As of right now, Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback for those 11 games. You know, do they go after Jimmy Garoppolo is a separate question you and I can talk about in a second. But looking at those 11 games, the first four are very, very easy. Uh, You know, not as easy with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback, but I think even with Brissett as their quarterback, I think the Browns are going to be favored in all four of those games where they travel to Carolina, then they host the Jets and they host the Steelers. And then they're at Atlanta, I believe in, uh, in week four, I think they're going to be favored in all four of those games, but then John, it gets, it gets crazy. The schedule after those first four games, home for the chargers, home for the Patriots at Baltimore, home for the Bengals by week. And then at Miami at Buffalo home for Tampa Bay. That is a brutal, brutal stretch. That John, that stretch includes, by my count, four teams that are considered among the top seven or eight teams for the Super Bowl this year. The Chargers, the Bengals, the Bills, and the and the Buccaneers. I believe, too, when he comes back after the Texans, the schedule is difficult. They've got some tough games there, including playing at Pittsburgh in the last yep. game. And Kenny Pickett will not be like a rookie at that point. Um, if I had to pick one of those four games that they would lose, I'd say the first one at Carolina. It'll be sold out, and Baker Mayfield will have so much to prove. Christian McCaffrey will, will not get hurt before that, and the Panthers will have their best team out there. And um, and Brzezette, they just don't want him to lose the game. The fact is, the Browns got a great defense. Yeah, they got a great running game, good offensive line, and one of the reasons they gave Watson that kind of guaranteed money, and they didn't care what he did off the field, was because they were a quarterback away. You mentioned about Garoppolo. Um, you know, with Garoppolo, they'd have to redo his contract, take a big pay cut and give him a chance to make it back in incentives. I kind of think they're not going to go for Garoppolo because Brzezette has been there from day one of the offseason, and uh, I think they're going to ride with him. Key is do they get another backup or do they stick with Joshua Dobbs? But Jacoby Brzezette is the guy, and, of course, the Texans will be rooting hard against him. One other thing, the hottest-selling ticket, at the Texans this year is the Eagles, which means the Eagle fans who travel great mm-hmm. and they have fans all over the place. They're buying up those tickets like crazy. Oh, great. And, uh, and they're going to have a large contingent here. The Browns always do anyway. And uh, so I would, I would hope that Texans fans want to see this game yeah. more then they want to make a little extra money. Yeah, I would hope so too. John, you know, it's, it, it is interesting. Um, well, first of all, I hope the Browns stick with Jacoby Brissett. That would be great uh, if they stick with him um, as opposed to trading for Garoppolo. Although I, we don't know how healthy Garoppolo is, and it's not like he's a top half of the league quarterback anyways, but I think he's better than Brissett. This is interesting though, John. The six games 
I went through the, the 11 games Deshaun Watson is going to miss. As you mentioned, the six games that he will play in, in all, you know, assuming that he comes back right away and starts against the Texans on December the 4th, they, he plays the Texans December the, the 4th, but then the next five games, three of which are on the road, at Cincinnati, home Baltimore, home Saints, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. You know what all five of those games have in common, John? Outdoors. Outdoors in December. And I don't know if Deshaun Watson is an outdoor quarterback. Uh, I, you know, it remains to be seen. He's played his whole career in the South or indoors. Um, coming back rusty to play four of your last six games on the road, the last five of them in cold weather, and two of those road games are going to be in divisional road environments. Uh, Cincinnati, week 14, right after the Texans game. And then that Steeler game, the final week of the season. Now, who knows what the Steelers – I doubt the Steelers are playing for anything, but it's the Browns coming to town. It, you know, the Steeler fans always show up. That's, that is a, that's tough sledding overall for the Browns this year, which I have no problem with, obviously. I don't know, John. It, like, total, like, back of the cocktail napkin math, just having you and I just chopped it up, you know, without getting on a whiteboard and doing all the math to it. What, what do you think – what does this feel like for the Browns record-wise at the end of the year? How many wins do you think they get on those 17 games? First of all, the home games, the weather's going to be awful. Yep. You know, that stadium, I've been going there since 79. It did the old Met, Metropolitan Stadium right next door. I mean, they're right on Lake Erie. Yeah. And even when the weather, the temperature is not bad, the wind can blow like crazy. And so they're still going to have, they better hope Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are healthy because they're going to have to ride them a lot. I could see the Browns this year going at best 10 and seven, more like nine and eight. And that might keep them in the wild card running. It might keep them in the running to win the division over Baltimore and Cincinnati. And uh, I think Pittsburgh in that last game, even if the Steelers are not playing for a wild card berth, they would love nothing more than to be able to knock out the Browns from the playoff, their big rivals. So yeah. it, it, it is so intriguing the way this is all set up and it's going to make the season even more fun. And because the Texans fans will always be watching what Watson does, that makes this season even more intriguing for them when it comes to games not involving the Texans. Yeah. I think, I think they went eight and nine last year, the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. And that got, that was, that landed the 13th pick in the draft. So if I'm a Texan fan, John, I tell you, if I'm a Texan fan, I'm feeling pretty good about this pick winding up in the top 12 or 13 again. You know, if eight wins is sort of the barometer, you know, every year is different, you know, in terms of how top heavy or bottom heavy the league is and how the wins and losses are distributed across all 32 teams. But if the Browns are hovering around 500, which I think is that to me, I feel like eight and nine is the most likely scenario. Um, that's pretty sweet, man. Another year where you're getting in all likelihood a top five pick. It's your own, just like last year. And then you're getting the Browns pick, which I think, again, is going to be in the upper half of the first round. Got to get them right. And that'll take us into talking about the Texans here in just a second. But I guess just putting a bow on the Deshaun Watson talk. I think if I'm a Texan fan, John, I would have rather they get he got a full year Deshaun Watson just because then you're really torpedoing that season for them. And the first round pick has a chance to be a top 10 pick. 
But if you're not going to suspend him for the full season, I think if you're a Texan fan, you walk away with the best possible scenario, which is he got the maximum suspension that he could get while still coming here to NRG Stadium to play on the 4th of December. Absolutely. And remember, the Texans right now have 11 draft choices, including the two number one picks. They also have John Mechie next year, who'll be like an extra two. And there are, according to all reports, the class of quarterbacks led by uh, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State and Bryce Young at Alabama is so much better and deeper than this past draft was. And therefore, teams always need quarterbacks. If the Texans decide Davis Mills is not the guy, they'll have a lot of ammunition to try to move up to get Stroud or Young. And then um, if these guys pan out and say the Texans, say they get the pick, say it was 20th from the Browns. Yeah. You hope a lot of quarterbacks go because that pushes down the uh, position players. And if Davis Mills, can prove he's the guy if he shocks the world, then that makes it so much better for Nick Casario to be able to take a position player. What do you know? We know he won't take another defensive back. I'm guessing next year that he would take a pass rusher Mm -hmm. first and another offensive lineman second or vice versa in case you don't need a quarterback. So everybody's going to pay attention to those Browns game every week and hope that the Browns lose. Yep, absolutely. As you should, Texan fans.